With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also check us out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, you can check the shows out on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. And you can make donations uh, at PayPal uh, via Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, thank you for the people who have already made donations. It really helps allow me to give giveaways and, and support the show in many ways. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, right now I have three specialists today I'm going to be speaking with about lupus. Lupus is an autoimmune disease, and many people are not aware of it. Um, they may take years for them to get diagnosed. Uh, so I always think it's important to talk about uh, this issue. So I have three uh, people coming on, uh, Dr. Belinda Birnbaum. Uh, she's a rheumatologist at Bryn Mawr Medical Specialist. Uh, she's a medical degree, degree from University of Rochester School of Medicine and Dentistry. Um, and she's uh, a University of Pennsylvania Assistant Professor of Rheumatology in the past uh, from 2008 to 2016. Before then, she was Assistant Professor at Temple University 2005, 2007, and she's here uh, with the help of the Lupus Foundation. Also, a young lady, uh, well, a woman, I would say, uh, uh, Cherie uh, Ann Perone, uh, she's the chair of board of directors 2022. Um, she ha- was diagnosed with lupus, um, and she's here as well on behalf of the Lupus Foundation of America. And my third guest, Dr. Deanna Baker Frost, um, she's an adult rheumatologist and physician scientist. And she's from Baltimore, and uh, she also has her Ph.D. degree. Um, so, again, all these people are specialists. So let me pick up the lines and uh, see who's here. Uh, good morning. You're calling from a 917 area code? That's me, yes. This is Belinda Burndown. How are you this morning? Hi, good. Thank you so much for calling in. Okay, I'm going to check the other line. I think this is uh, Cherie or Dr. Uh, Frost. Uh, let's see here. A43 area code? Good morning. That's me. That's Dr. Baker Frost. Good morning, Joy. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you for the first time on air, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It's crazy. Okay, let's see. This last one, uh, maybe this is Cherie. Cherie, are you 215 area code? Yes, I am. Hi, good morning. Thank you for calling good morning. in. Good morning. How are you? Wow, ladies, 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 this is the ladies' show this morning. <laughs> but you know what? We're minorities, too. So, you know, um, as women, it's great to see smart women um, and activist women, you know, uh, in the field, Cherie, uh, yourself. Um, so I'm happy you guys are all here. Um, let's start off. I'm going to start off with the doctors. I'm going to start off with Dr. Birnbaum. Uh, what is lupus, Dr. Birnbaum? 
Sure. Well, so I just want to start by saying that it's been a really rough week for women here in the United States, to say the least. And so Mm -hmm. I'm especially happy to be here discussing uh, lupus today, a disease that uh, disproportionately affects women. Um, So lupus is an autoimmune disease, uh, and it's a systemic autoimmune disease that can affect various different organs in the body, Uh, I think we should take a second to understand what autoimmunity is. Autoimmunity is when your body has a dysregulated or abnormal immune response where your body has normal proteins and there are antibodies that should normally respond to outside um, stimulus, but it responds to self. And you have this generation of what's called an autoantibody And so Mm. when you have this generation of autoantibodies and those antibodies kind of wreak havoc, you have an autoimmune disease. And depending on where those autoantigens and autoantibodies deposit, it can either be an autoimmune disease like diabetes, which just tends to affect one organ, or a systemic autoimmune disease like lupus where there are many different autoantibodies that can affect many different organs. Now, doctor, um, I want to go back to another doctor here, Baker Frost. What are some of the symptoms that we see in people? If we, we're walking on the street, would we be able to see it? Or if it's a friend of ours and we're in the home, would we be able to see what's going on with them? What are the symptoms? Yeah, that is why lupus can be so difficult to diagnose because oftentimes you can have um, – symptoms of lupus and it's affecting the internal organs, like Dr. Birnbaum said, but you may not see any outward signs. So in mm-hmm. some cases, people may have the, the characteristic butterfly rash um, that occurs on the face that worsens in the sunlight. Um, so sometimes that's a clue um, if people may have lupus. Um, and sometimes they may also have hair loss. Um, sometimes they may develop sores in their mouth and their nose. And so when that happens, oftentimes that's a clue for some physicians that uh, something autoimmune could be going on. Um, unfortunately, lupus can affect even the kidneys and, some, and other internal organs without having those signs of rashes and sores in the mouth. And so that's why it can be difficult at times to diagnose. Cherie, what was your experience uh, with lupus? How did you know you had it? Well, you know, that's very interesting because I was actually diagnosed in 1994, but I started to experience symptoms in 1987, and I did not present with any of that. I just had an extreme, tired, um, just achy, swollen joints, and... Mm. Pretty much that was it, and every doctor that I went to told me, at that time my children were very young, they told me that I had two young children, I was working 10 hours a day, I was tired, rightfully so, go on vacation, go take a nap, you know, you'll be fine. So I had one doctor tell me that it was all in my mind, I was making it up, there wasn't anything wrong with me. So it took Mm -hmm. me six years to finally get an accurate diagnosis because I was misdiagnosed so many times because I did not present with any of those. I never had the butterfly rash. Initially, I did not have any organ involvement. It was just the temperature, periodic temperature up and down, joint aches, swollen joints, 
and just the extreme fatigue. I mean, the fatigue where you just cannot function even after 10 to 12 hours of sleep. So, wow. I, I, Dr. yeah, Burns? it was horrible. Dr. Birnbaum, is this usual? Have you heard of this fatigue issue with people who have lupus? Well, I've heard of all of this, and Sharia and I have worked together before. And what I'll say is Sharia is saying, I just had joint pain. That's a big deal. That's not a small deal to walk around with joints that are aching. And the joint pain that patients with lupus present with is not just, oh, my back kind of hurts a little bit. It's, It's a profound stiffness that and keep them from getting going in the morning, which is especially tough when, um, as Cherie had young children, anyone with young children, if it, it takes you time to get going. People can't make it to work on time. And then there's this exhaustion. And mm-hmm. the recognition of this, this, um, that symptom, we've gotten much better at kind of putting these clues together. And I will say that it's, it's not, unfortunately, it's not uncommon for um, especially young women, especially young women of color to have their symptoms get dismissed. And we are getting better at recognizing it. We are getting better at diversifying our workforce so that there's more representation so that these symptoms can, uh, and, and diagnosis can come to fruition sooner. But this is a pretty common presentation. And, you know, it, 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 you know, once these patients get to the rheumatologist and we start asking, do you have this, do you have joint pain, do you have, you know, does your skin not even have a rash, but does it feel itchy when you're out in the sun? And people look and they go, oh, it does. How did you know to ask? That's what that was. And these are, yeah, these are symptoms. Yeah. And I will say there's also, you know, we're, we're even better at recognizing how much fatigue plays a role into lupus. It's one of those symptoms that most affects patients with lupus, it's not part of the criteria for lupus. And what we have now is we have type 1 symptoms, which rheumatologists, doctors can recognize looking at organ involvement and blood tests, but there's also type 2 symptoms, this fatigue and this kind of chronic pain and the brain fog that can affect patients with lupus that we yeah. know now that we really need to ask about and really focus on when we're talking to our patients. Yeah. Dr. Baker-Frost, you know, I understand there's different types of lupus, Systemic lupus, cutaneous lupus, drug-induced lupus. I mean, my my mind is a little boggled right now. Can you tell us the difference, uh, these these different types of lupus, Dr. Baker-Frost? Yeah. So um, with the cutaneous form of lupus means that you typically have the skin um, that's affected and you don't have more often than not the internal organs that are affected. So you may have the butterfly rash or you could have kind of scarring um, that can occur on the skin, but but we often don't see the organ involvement. Um, And like Dr. Birnbaum said about the systemic um, form of the disease, that's where you can have skin involvement as well as internal organ involvement. And so we've gotten really um, good here in rheumatology of screening people to see if they do or do not have organ involvement because that can definitely affect how we would uh, treat and different medications that we would use. Dr. 
And then the drug-induced lupus is that, is just, just as it sounds, occasionally there are certain medications that a patient can take that can cause them to develop lupus-like symptoms. And it would be really important to have a really close timeline as to when those medications were started and when the symptoms of lupus started. There are also certain blood tests that can kind of help to differentiate if it's a drug-induced form of lupus or if it's one of the other types of lupus. And the biggest test is to stop the medications and see if the symptoms resolve over time. And so in rheumatology, you know, we really, really value taking a good, thorough history of our patients to try to get an accurate timeline as to when these symptoms started so that we can best diagnose the patients and follow them accordingly. Now, Cherie, um when you found out, what kind of tests did the doctors do on you? What kind of tests did you have to go through for them to say, okay, 100%, okay, this is what you have? Um, there were multiple tests, and they did the test multiple times. There is no, unfortunately, there is no one test that a person can have that will say, oh, this is definitely lupus. So when I finally mm-hmm. got to a rheumatologist, he ran a series of tests to establish a baseline, and then about, I guess, four or five weeks later, he ran those same tests again to see if there were any changes. But I do have to say, this was back in 1993-94, so there mm-hmm. have been great strides that have been made in determining lupus. And like Dr. Brombaum said earlier, the joint thing is major, very, very major, but back in 93, 94, that wasn't something that uh, the doctors, and I was not at a rheumatologist, was even paying attention to. So unfortunately, there are multiple tests that have to be done to determine that it is lupus. Now, Dr. Birnbaum, um, you talked about mostly women. Um, do we know why that is? Um, is this something related to some hormonal thing with women? Uh, do any men get lupus? So, yes, this disproportionately affects women. It does affect men. We don't really understand why. We, of course, think that there is a hormonal cause to it, except we haven't been able to establish the exact link. We know that lupus most commonly presents in women in their what we call childbearing years, between the ages of 15 and 45 or so. Uh, but we do see lupus in men, uh, when we see, and we see lupus in children, and when we see lupus in patients over um, 55, and as I get closer to this age, I cringe at the diagnosis of lupus of the elderly, uh, but we, we see that there is a 50-50 distribution, and same thing in, in younger children, that, um, that there's a more equal uh, distribution between boys and girls when it affects kids, but in the, between the ages of 15 and 44, we do see it... Um, more in women. Uh, when it does affect men uh, in, in that age range, it does tend to have sometimes some more severe manifestations, some more severe symptoms of, of kidney disease and internal organ involvement. Mm. Now, Dr. Baker-Frost, we're, talk- we're all women here, and we're talking about this disease that affects mostly women, saying between 14 and 44. Uh, that's when I want to have a kid. Can I have a kid if I have lupus? Um, what happens if I'm pregnant and then you diagnose me with lupus? Is my kid going to get it? 
Yeah, so that's where, you know, having a great um, relationship with your rheumatologist is important. And I often tell my patients that we're in a relationship together, and I'm here to follow you throughout all of your life, through childbearing years, if you want to have a family. And oftentimes I have had successful um, patients have healthy babies while having lupus. There are medications that patients with lupus can be on, um, and can stay on while they are pregnant to decrease the risk of the lupus worsening during pregnancy, as well as um, the patients can also breastfeed um, while um, on these medications. And so we've learned a lot more about pregnancy and lupus. But what I often tell my patients is that we would have to plan. It would basically be dependent upon um, how severe the lupus is, um, how well the medications are working before pregnancy, and, you know, really following closely with the rheumatologist. And so as we plan for these life events when possible, then it is definitely possible for patients to um, proceed and have happy, healthy babies without necessarily passing lupus on to their babies. Now, Cherie, I'm going to ask you this question, and it's going to sound ignorant, but you know people are ignorant sometimes. Is it yeah, contagious? If I touch you, if I touch you, because I see this rash on your skin, am I going to get lupus? And unfortunately, Joy, it is not an ignorant question because I have gotten that question before, and mm-hmm. lupus is not contagious. It is not contagious <laughs> at all. You cannot yes, I know catch this, it but by, you know people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you 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 know, a lot of times I get, oh, but you look so good. How could you have such a severe disease? That's mm-hmm. one of the mysteries of lupus. You know, my body yes. is at war internally. It doesn't show externally, but it is not contagious. And, Joy, if you don't mind, if I can go back to address the pregnancy issue, I okay. actually mm-hmm. started to have symptoms of lupus in 1987, I got pregnant in 1987, and my daughter was born in 1988. So even Mm. though I had not officially been diagnosed with lupus, my doctors do believe the pregnancy may have been what triggered, uh, I'll say, a flare or the symptoms of lupus. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. and my daughter, thank God, both of my children are, are healthy, and neither one of them have been diagnosed with lupus. Does anyone in your family have lupus that you know of? No one in my family has lupus, but both of my grandmothers had uh, rheumatoid arthritis. But I am the only one in my family that has systemic lupus. Mm -hmm. And, Dr. Birnbaum, is this something, um, because people will say, well, there's nobody in my family, like, well, what? Where did this come from? Uh, you know, was it because I was smoking? I was living next to uh, high-voltage wires? I mean, you know, what do you tell people? So we do take a careful family history. And like Cherie said, we're not just asking, is, does anyone else in your family have lupus? We're asking, does anyone else in your family have an autoimmune disease, um, be it an autoimmune thyroid disease or anything that uh, like multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid arthritis? So there are certain, uh, there's a genetic component, and there are environmental um, things that we know can trigger disease. Uh, And so things like sunlight, um, things like smoking can also be, uh, can help trigger the disease. Dr. Baker-Frost, so she's talking about cigarettes. 
what other things should people with lupus not be doing or steer clear of in terms of their daily activities um, in life? You know, um, I always am a proponent of um, a healthy diet um, as far as, you know, taking in, you know, lots of fruits and vegetables. I think that's also very important because of other um, things that can happen as a result of lupus, um, causing issues with different organs. Um, It's really important to try to maintain that. And I always tell my patients that um, having a good regimen to decrease the amount of stress that is is um, taking place in your life, I tell them that stress is really good for anything and it can definitely precipitate flares of lupus. So finding different outlets where you're able to um, relax and um, safe places where you're able to kind of express different issues and and life situations that's going on is also really, really important as well. Um, Exercise is also important, but again, it will definitely depend upon the type of um, organs that could be involved with your lupus. So before starting kind of different exercise programs or taking different supplements, I always recommend talking to your rheumatologist personally that knows you well and that are able to um, give better advice um, for your personal situation. Now, Dr. Verbaum, we talked about there's some medicines. There's no cure. It, it, do the people have to take a pill? Is it an injection? How often? What types of uh, treatments are available for people dealing with lupus? So this is uh, so. Each patient is going to be managed differently, and each patient we really have to look at our patient and come up with what we call patient-targeted goals or goal for each patient. Most lupus patients will be on a medication called hydroxychloroquine that mm-hmm. got to be popular at the very beginning of the COVID pandemic where groups of people thought that that was going to be what cured COVID. And while it does nothing for COVID, it does a world of good to patients with uh, diseases like lupus in terms of helping joint pain rashes when taken in appropriate doses can even help decrease the risk of blood clots. And so we do have most of our patients on hydroxychloroquine. And then depending on which organs are involved and how severe those organs are involved, we have lots of different medications which range from pills to injections to medications that patients get via infusions uh, where they would come into our offices or infusion centers and depending on which drug, how in, in different frequencies get medications to help them. Now, Cherie, do you mind me asking what types of medication you take um, for lupus, and and are they helping, or do you feel like they're just kind of dampening the symptoms? Uh, No, I don't mind answering the question. I am on CELSEP, and CELSEP is not specifically for lupus, but it is a drug that is very helpful in treating those of us living with lupus that have organ involvement because I have lupus nephritis. I am no longer on hydroxychloroquine. I was on it for about 20 years before it started to have an adverse effect on my eyesight, and my doctors took me off of that, and I'm also Mm. on prednisone. But over the course of more than 20 years of having lupus, I have had uh, methotrexate, I have had rituxan, 
I have had Cytoxin. So there have been many other drugs that I've had to take as a result of the different flares that I've had. But I think the medications are helping. I definitely am not trying to stop any of them because I'm afraid of what would happen if I had another severe lupus flare. Um, okay. I think the research that is being done on the very on drugs to treat lupus specifically is great, amazing, and we have come a long, long way um, in the development of drugs to treat those of us living with lupus. What would you tell a person who was diagnosed today? What are some things they should do? Because I'm sure a million things are going through their head. They might be sad, they're going to be angry, all these different emotions. How are they going to tell their friends? Can they keep working? What do you tell somebody who's uh, newly diagnosed? The first thing I would tell them is to connect to someone that is living with lupus because sometimes getting that diagnosis of lupus can be very frightening, specifically if you don't know what lupus is and you've never heard of it before. So I would tell them to get connected to a support system, someone that's living with lupus. Then I would tell them to learn as much as they can about lupus and specifically their lupus. No two people living with lupus have the same exact symptoms. We can have the same diagnosis but not have the same exact symptoms. So I would tell them, as it's already been stated, to eat a healthy diet, to exercise as often as possible, avoid stress, find ways to deal with it, uh, relaxation, meditation, exercise, things of that nature. And I would also let them know that lupus can be managed. It is not a death sentence. It definitely can be managed. But they've got to partner, as uh, one of the doctors has already said, you've got to, this is a partnership with your doctor. You know Mm -hmm. your body, you know your symptoms, so you've got to partner with your doctors, and I put an S on that because I have a team of five doctors that I see on a regular basis that help to maintain my lupus. So your, your treatment plan is very, very important, and you need to do research for yourself so that when you go into your doctor, you can say, you know, this is what I'm feeling. These are the things that I'm experiencing. These are the, mm-hmm. This is the research that I've done. Can you tell me more about this? So it's about asking questions and educating yourself as well. Now, Dr. Baker-Frost, one of the things um, people should uh, be brought up, she thought in 87 she had it, but she really wasn't diagnosed in 94. But then we also bring the issue of race. Um, in your experience, do you hear this story from African-American women that people are not believing them and they're, they're not really taking interest in their symptoms seriously? Uh, have you heard this from other patients? And what can patients do who are people of color, women of color? Unfortunately, um, this is uh, something that's very common. Um, and, you know, like mentioned before, because the symptoms of lupus can be so different in so many different people that the diagnosis can go missed. And oftentimes um, African-American symptoms are um, discounted as uh, other things. And oftentimes what I say is just be persistent. You know, if you find that you don't have a physician that's not listening to your concerns and they're not addressing them effectively, then go to a different physician. There's nothing wrong with getting second, third, fourth opinions if necessary until you find that your symptoms are adequately addressed. 
Um, unfortunately, you know, there are lots of physicians out there that are not as familiar with lupus, and they're not um, adequately equipped to diagnose it properly. So, you know, talk to other people if they, if you have friends or family members with physicians that they feel more comfortable with. Don't be afraid to go out and find um, a different specialist or a different physician that can adequately address your concerns. This is your body, um, and it's very important that you get the adequate care that you deserve. Dr. Birnbaum, the Lupus Foundation of America, I worked with them many times. What are some things that they can offer people? Do you are you familiar with the programs, or should I talk to Cherie? Uh, oh, I am. I'm definitely familiar with the Lupus Foundation, and I can speak to it from a physician who refers patients to the different support groups over and over again. I think they are enormously beneficial to talk to other people with the disease, to talk with the foundations, and find reliable doctors that that are in the network that the foundation works with that, that, can, that, can, that can help patients. Uh, I think it's an enormously um, helpful organization that I love being a part of. Cherie, what other things does the Lupus Foundation, uh, I know they have some financial resources, because think about this, you have uh, this illness and you've got to get drugs, you've got to go to doctors, there's co-payments. Um, so how does the Lupus Foundation, do they help with that type of thing for people? Yes, actually, our chapter does, the chapter here in the Philadelphia area. I can't say that all of the chapters do, but we do have a grant that um, you have to apply for. Okay. And you will get, I believe it's up to $200 for medical necessity, uh, medical equipment, medication, doctor's appointment, things of that nature, to help those of us that are living with lupus. But we do in the tri-state area have that grant available. We also, as Dr. Barnbaum said, we have support groups, but we also have a course called SLESH, S-L-E-S-H, which actually mm-hmm. stands for Systemic Lupus Erythematosus Self-Help Course. And it is a five-week course where we actually teach people how to live and manage lupus. And that course was probably implemented um, in the early 2000s, And it is a wonderful course that we just really, truly teach people. And you know what? Not only those living with lupus, but their family members as well, because some of us living with lupus have such a difficult time talking to our family members and our friends about exactly what lupus is. So not only Mm -hmm. do we educate those living with lupus, but their friends and their family members. Uh, We advocate for lupus. I think that's important because... Yeah, I think that's really important because any situation in life, you know what you're feeling inside, but it may be difficult, like you said, to, to say it out loud. But also, sometimes people don't listen to us as people. You know, you tell somebody, this yes. is what I'm going through, blah, 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 blah. Oh, you know, it's not that bad. Don't worry. It's going to be over soon. No, honey, it's not. You know, <laughs> like, right. let's, let's get it straight. So it's good for them to come, I think, or go to these sessions. Um, you, even if you had, like, say, MS or cancer or something, for, for people to act, actively get involved. Um, yes. So, so like you said, um, so they can hear it from other people and see, like, you're not the only one, you know, um, and that everybody, like you said, is different. So you're like, oh, well, I don't know why you have this because so-and-so doesn't have that, but that's just the way it is, you know. Right. That's the nature of the illness. It, it's not the same for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Well, ladies, um, for all of you that are mothers, happy Mother's Day. Uh, I want to say that. 
Um, and thank you uh, for taking the time to wake up this morning. I know most people probably sleep in with the sheets over their heads. Um, but thank you, uh, Dr. Birnbaum, Cherie, and Dr. Baker Frost. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge today uh, on the show. Thank you thank so you much for, having for us. doing a show about lupus. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, I want to tell the audience that the website for the Lupus Foundation is lupus.org. Again, lupus.org. And then once you get there, you can look up a chapter specific to your state. Um, and they have chapters all across the United States. Um, and like Cherie was talking about the financial resources, I guess some chapters have and some don't. But if they don't, they also list places where you can get financial resources. They talk about the symptoms. They talk about also caregivers, what's there for them. They have children and teens. Um, they also have stuff for um, researchers. Um, uh, so if you have a doctor and they're not familiar but you want to stay with them, you know, tell them, hey, go to lupus.org, and you can um, learn about this as I'm learning about this uh, on their website. Um, for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also, you can check me out on Facebook Saturday mornings with Joy Keys and on Instagram. And if you miss part of this show, no worries. It's archived. It will be archived about 15 minutes from now or so. And you can check it out on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. So I hope this was informative. Again, thank you, ladies, and happy Mother's Day again. And, uh, yes, as women, I don't know what your feelings are. For me personally, this is a hell of a time, and uh, I, I know we got to pray, we got to light a candle, uh, we we got to you know go to the Capitol steps, something. But um, we have that's to right vote right now. <laughs> you got to vote, okay? Yes, you have to vote. A lot of primaries coming up. Uh, please get out there. Your vote does count. Don't think it doesn't count. That's a, you know what? That's a, I'm just going to do a little speech here. People think voting doesn't count because nothing changes. That's because most people don't go vote. I know in one of our mayoral elections here in Philadelphia, only 20% of people came out. 20% people. How the hell do you think any change is going to happen if only 20% of people come out to vote? That's why you think nothing happens. And they count on that. These politicians, nothing against politicians per se. I wanted to be a politician at one point. Can you tell? But, uh, but, But they know I only have to get. 10% in this area, 15% in this area, 12% over here, because they're not coming out to vote. That's why you got to go vote. When you go vote in numbers and drones, then change happens. And these people work for us. They work for us. So that's that's it. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) You you ladies, again, have a nice weekend. I'll I'll talk to you soon, okay? (laughs) Okay, thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you again, everybody, for listening, and uh, go and vote. Uh, Go to lupus.org, learn more about lupus. Um, They can help you out there if you have lupus or you're a friend or family person or you just want to learn and be able to share with somebody, lupus.org is the place to go. They're also on Twitter. They're on Facebook. um, They're on Instagram. Um, Check them out. Um, Thank you again for listening to the show. Uh, Previously, I had Dorothy Roberts talking about the child welfare system. I'm going to be giving copies of her book, Torn Apart Away. So, again, you want to follow me uh, on social media. Uh, Thank you again um, for listening, and you guys just have a great weekend. Take it easy.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.